I'm Hattie, and welcome to Hattie Talks. Today, I will be talking about the evolution of the study of the anatomy. The study of the anatomy can be traced back thousands of years to at least the ancient Egyptians. Their discoveries were made through the process of embalming, where they removed all the moisture from the body and wrapped it in linen. During the process, they would separate the heart, lungs, liver and intestines into canopic jars. They were able to recognise and locate several major organs due to these practices, including the heart, liver, spleen, kidneys, uterus, bladder and hypothalamus, a small region of the brain. This was all happening as early as 3,600 years ago. Many papyri were written on the discoveries of Egyptian physicians, most notably the Ebers Papyrus, which was published in 1550 BC and contained detail on the anatomy and location of the heart. The Ebers Papyrus is one of the oldest and most important medical papyri from ancient Egypt. It focuses on Egyptian herbal knowledge and the use of herbs to cure diseases. It contains over 842 remedies for illnesses and injuries. Additionally, it details extensive knowledge of the heart, the respiratory system and diabetes. It has been extensively studied and retranslated five times. Despite the huge advances made in anatomical knowledge, the ancient Egyptians failed to separate the circulation of blood from the circulation of other fluids and credited vessels connecting to the heart with carrying substances like urine, semen and tears. One of the most famous physicians from the ancient world is Claudius Galen, a Roman physician, surgeon and philosopher born in 129 AD. He performed anatomical dissections on living and dead animals, mostly primates, as he believed the anatomic structure of animals was similar to that of humans. He shone a light on the anatomy of the trachea and was the first to demonstrate that the larynx was responsible for the voice. His work on animals led him to a deep understanding of the circulatory, nervous and respiratory systems, particularly the difference between the blood in the veins and the blood in the arteries. However, he did believe blood that travelled in the veins was generated in the liver. His works became trusted and remained largely unchallenged until the 16th century, apart from in 1242, when Ibn Nafis, a Syrian polymath, showed that his theories on a group of blood vessels in the carotid sinuses in the neck were incorrect. From the 3rd to 12th century, human anatomy was mainly learned through the study of books and animal dissection. It was hard to get hold of human corpses for dissection, because in 150 BC, the dissection of human cadavers was banned by Roman law but for many centuries it was believed that human dissection was unnecessary because knowledge of anatomy could be read in the works of Galen. However, in 1315, Mondino de Luizzi was credited with having performed the first human dissection recorded for Western Europe. Luizzi put together a book in 1316 called Anathemia, which detailed all his human dissections. The book was used for over 250 years in many universities as a textbook, he was part of the first major development in Christian Europe where anatomists dissected cadavers and wrote detailed descriptions of organs and their functions. One of the lesser known anatomists of the time was Leonardo da Vinci. Whilst he was a famous painter and engineer, he was less well known for his anatomical work. Da Vinci was trained in anatomy by Andrea del Verrocchio, an Italian painter, and in 1489 da Vinci began drawing several anatomical figures depicting the ideal human form based on his dissection of 30 human specimens. His surviving 750 drawings represent groundbreaking studies in anatomy. His works contain the earliest known descriptions of liver cirrhosis and arteriosclerosis, which is the hardening and thickening of the walls of the arteries. Also, the first accurate depiction of the spine. 
He intended to publish a comprehensive treatise on human anatomy, but passed away before he could. A more well-known anatomist is Andreas Vesalius from the 16th century. Vesalius was famous for his published treatise called De Humanite Corporis Fabrica, which openly challenged Galen's anatomical teachings and beliefs. His drawings detailed explanations and vivid drawings of anatomical parts of the body. His work was a particular success because, unlike other physicians, he conducted independent dissections. Other physicians would often base their beliefs off previous discoveries. As well as being a time of significant discoveries, the 16th century also marked the beginning of anatomical theatres. These allowed more people than ever to view and learn from dissections. They gained popularity in the 19th century because whilst women were still banned from universities, many who wanted to study medicine would go to visit the anatomical theatres to view dissections and learn more about the human body. The 19th century also saw the beginning of a lucrative business of exhuming bodies for medical dissection, particularly in Scotland. There was a shortage of cadavers in Scotland as a new law meant that bodies could only be dissected if they were of prisoners, suicide victims or orphans. Whilst disturbing a grave was a criminal offence, stealing a body was not, as it belonged to no one. A corpse was expensive and was worth £8 in the summer and £10 in the winter. These prices changed due to decomposition rates. The famous serial killer duo Burke and Hare murdered 16 people in the space of 10 months in 1828 in Edinburgh to sell to Dr Robert Knox, a famous anatomist. It is believed that without Knox, the study of anatomy in Britain would not have continued as it did, as he gave many extensive anatomical lectures all over the UK. Despite the horrible circumstances surrounding the murders, they helped raise awareness for the need for corpses and contributed to the passing of the Anatomy Act in 1832, which gave free licence to doctors, teachers of anatomy and medical students to dissect donated bodies. The past 100 years have seen amazing advances in the study of human anatomy, particularly due to the technological revolution. However, one of the books used by modern surgeons has a dark past. It's called The Perncop Topographic Anatomy of Man and its contents present the findings of what many believe to be the bodies of hundreds of people who were killed by the Nazis. Due to this potential connection to the Nazi persecution of minorities, there are many ethical questions asked about whether it is still appropriate to use it for instructional purposes. The technological advances in the medical field have meant that anatomists are now able to view the organs of the living and dead due to the invention of CAT and MRI scans. The modern study of anatomy has now partly moved past the function of human anatomy to the evolution of organs and the study of non-human anatomy, particularly molecular biology. Additionally, due to the lack of cadavers available, plastic, lifelike models have begun to be used by the medical community. However, dissections are still fairly common, particularly for medical students, as they allow an in-depth knowledge into the organs of the body and how they work together. In one year, approximately 1,300 bodies are donated to science. Thank you for listening to Hattie Talks. I hope you enjoyed it and found it informative. This podcast will have a new episode published every Sunday, so keep an eye out.